welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Maybe you've been hearing me talk about this, but I want to give you some more insight and revelation and instructions about the call to a 40-day fast that's going to open the heavens over you, your city, your church, and also the state of California, because it's so crucial right now. I've been hearing the Lord say that we need to pray for California because that's been the birthing place for revival And very similar to the Jesus People Movement of the 1970s, which, by the way, that was the last known salvation and healing-based revival in North America. The Jesus People Movement of the 70s was geared towards the rainbow people. That was those who were very rebellious. They were negative. They were judgmental towards the establishment, which was the government and the authority at the time. And The Lord got hold of that group of rebellious hippies and used them to ignite a revival that has forever changed the church and Christianity. Did you know that it was also rejected by the church heavily, very, very heavy? But in 1971, and I remember this, Billy Graham sanctioned it. And 71 and 72, he said, these people, they might be stinky hippies, but this is a real move of God. God wants to raise up a new rainbow people. And these are the ones of many colors, many backgrounds, just like the hippies, though, in the 70s. You know, many of these people have been rejected and considered unclean by the church. Also, there's a spirit of negativity, very similar to the 60s. There's a spirit of negativity ruling the airways once again today. The internet is fueling negativity, causing disagreements and creating an attitude of expecting the worst. And, you know, as I've been giving this message for a number of years, many Christians have not fully identified or understood what it means to be negative or the need to do a negativity fast. And that's one of the things I'm calling people to to step into a negativity fast And here's the definition according to vocabulary.com. Negativity is a tendency to be downbeat, disagreeable, or skeptical. It's a pessimistic attitude that always expects the worst. So what's wrong with that? What's wrong with being disagreeable or negative? Well, I just want to say there's spiritual principles involved with you, all of us. There's biblical principles that cause our behavior as Christians, the way we act, the way we treat others could actually cause a closed heaven. And this is because of Galatians 6, 7, what we sow, we shall reap. And it's also that principle of sowing and reaping can actually work against us. If we continually sow negativity, grumbling, complaining, expecting the worst, we will get a closed heaven. Folks, that's where we are today. That's why I've been talking about this for a long time. This means that our grumbling can cause our prayers to go unanswered, even worse, According to the Apostle Paul, it can cause our lights to not shine. Philippians two fourteen and 15. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation 
Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. I don't know about you, but I want to shine like the stars uh, with, you know, for Jesus right now. So this is why we're calling a 40-day fast. I heard the Lord say to do this as California awakens Again, revival is going to spread around the world. The Lord says, call my people to a 40-day fast from negative talk, negative thoughts, and replace it with joy and love. And the Lord was very clear. This does not need to be a fast that you've done before. I mean, there's three ways to do it. You can fast from food if you'd like. That's optional. But what we're really hoping is that people would take this into a time to step away from negativity and replace it with joy. And so I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But, you know, I'm asking you to be part of it. It's March 1st through April 9th, 2018. No matter when you're listening to this, oh, listen, doesn't matter. God's outside of time. You can grab hold of these principles right now and change your life. And we're going to see something happen. And my friends, Lou Engel and Keith Ferrante, they are part of this. And something radical happened just in the month of February, February 6th. Lou Engel called me on the phone and told me about this dream. This guy had that three prophets, Keith Ferrante from Northern, Doug Addison from Central, and Lou Engel from Southern California came together as one voice and released this fast that brought the latter rain. And that's what we've been looking for. And you might know that I live in Los Angeles at Southern California, but my office is actually based, my ministry is based in Central California, which is Santa Maria on the Central Coast. So that's how this all came together. And I just want to give you more information now and answer some questions at the end here. But listen, there is a reason to be hopeful right now. God has given you everything you need. We have his love. We have his power. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We have the word of God. We have his awesome promises. The enemy is over attacking people. And this is why we haven't seen these major revivals. And this is why, folks, we need to step away from the negativity because that's the accuser of the brethren. We don't want to come into agreement with one of the titles of Satan himself. You know, God's desire for us, he desires good things to heal us, to be in perfect health. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a time, folks, that God is going to start doing some radical healing. I don't know if you know this story, but you know I, I got hit with an affliction a few years ago. And last year, I got healed radically of chemical sensitivity, Lyme disease, and probably 90% of it, really, I got, was a radical healing. And then I still had this last thing. It was in my immune system. I want to tell you, here's the testimony. God said, I'm going to confirm this 40-day fast. And the day after Lou Engel called me on February 6th, the very next day, I got healed. My immune system kicked back on, and all the things that had been affecting me not allowing me to travel, lifted. And this is why I'm releasing this prophetic word to you to grab hold of what's coming right now. But, you know, as we step into the new, it's very important that there's so many views of God, and especially with the Internet right now. See, it used to be we lived in our community, 
and we went to the same type of church, and we were around the same types of people. Uh, We were basically in our tribes, so to speak. But right now, with the internet, we have a collision of belief systems because of the ability to tweet things and to post videos. Now we have people that aren't just, you know, part of our tribe. We have conflict going on. And so we want to make sure that we catch hold of what God's doing in the midst of all this, because there's a lot of things rising up right now, like trying to get people to go back to a very rule-based legalistic view of God. But often, I tell you, that ends up getting us short of the Holy Spirit. It it tightens things down to where, you know, it's all rules based on what you can do. You're trying hard. You're falling short. You're feeling guilty. Then you repent, and you and then you do it again and again. It's a cycle. Is that you or anyone you know? I want to tell you that I've got this prayer that I'm going to do with you at the end of this that's going to release you from that. And also this negative fast. Eventually, people end up giving up, tiring out, leaving church, maybe going away from God even worse because of guilt and fear. I want to break that. Let's just do it now. Lord, in Jesus' name, break the legalistic spirit, this thing that says we're not enough. I just I have an anointing to do this because I had to get through it myself. And Lord, release now love, that love from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why not just release it when the anointing's there? So Jesus died to set us free from the law and the rule-based religion. That's in Romans 8, 2. We are now set free to follow God, not by rules, but through a relationship. And we study the Bible in order to find out more about God's character. And we see ourselves now. This is how you do it. See yourself as a son or a daughter of God and not a just a bond servant or a spiritual slave. And that's what happened is this legalistic view came in and uh, it caused us to start seeing us less than who we are. That was an attack of the enemy. The reason I'm talking about this is because this is the very reason for the negativity. When we step away from the freedom that God has for us, and when we step out of a relationship as a son or a daughter with him, as a father, as a loving father, then these things can come in and creep in. And Christianity actually gets off track when we fall into legalism and we forget that God's love is truly free, and we live in a relationship with a loving Father through Jesus Christ. So what happened to get us off track with love? 1 John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Since the entire essence of God is love, and Jesus demonstrated that to us. He demonstrated the love. He came and he died, and he reconciled us to the Father. And a lot of times we forget about the Father. We hear a lot of talk about Jesus, but we forget about the Father because we've been in a time where we've been in a fatherless type of generation. But sadly, we tend to share this type of of belief system with each other. And I want to just say this, step away from that stuff right now. Don't focus too much on the negative things that are happening and try to find something positive in every situation with everyone. And this is a spiritual principle that will change the spiritual atmosphere around you. And one of my favorite verses for this is Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about such things. And whenever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and let the God of peace be with you. The Apostle Paul was saying this. He wasn't talking about, you know, avoiding Satan and doing all this type of thing. In fact, he spoke more about the things that you should do than the things that you shouldn't do. And as we focus on these characteristics, we're going to see our life change. This is how to do a negativity fast. I'm giving you the background, how to develop a positive God lifestyle. I have done it. I don't have to fast from negativity. I mean, I, I'm doing it with everybody right now, but I have a negativity lifestyle. I've, I've stepped away from these things. God is positive. He's not negative. He's love. That is positive. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves people, whether they are Christians or not, and his ways and love must become our only reality. Negativity, when negative things come, they're from Satan and not from God. Now, let me just clarify, because some people have asked me questions about that. When I say the negative things are not from God, and they say, well, what about when God's testing us? I'm talking about the big things. I'm talking about you know, I'm talking about sicknesses. I'm talking about killings and shootings and the stuff that we're seeing in the news every day. Those are the things that are not from God. Yeah, God might test you, but that has to do with your character. And there's a difference between the two. And God loves you. So we've got to have God's perspective. And we need to develop a strategy. This is what I call flipping a negative situation using the positive God perspective. When the enemy comes and hits you or someone you know, and it's not God's will for you to be hit, God's perfect will is usually the opposite of what you're getting attacked. So the opposite is actually God's will. And I learned this from doing years of outreach and seeing people with such damage or even ministering to people, especially young people, who they feel really oppressed. And I give them hope because I realize this. You know, if the enemy has attacked you, guess what? That's actually good news. Why would he, I mean, honestly, why would he work overtime on you unless you're a threat? That's good news. Now it's not fun that he's attacking you, of course. So if you're sick, it's not God's will. The opposite is perfect health. Are you in debt? The opposite is actually being in some type of prosperity where you can help others. If you've been hurt easily by people or they attack you, then you're called to help others get those emotional wounds healed. But all of these have to happen after you get your own healing. But you don't have to wait till the end, you know. You can actually start now. Once you gain this perspective, when Satan hits you, my goodness, that's when you look for the opposite and begin to pray it in. This is the spiritual atmosphere that we have right now, is that what you sow, you shall reap. So we have a lot of people continually sowing negative thoughts, complaining, doubts, grumbling, and we're reaping a closed heaven and an atmosphere that is causing complaining and doubting. Now, when I first started talking about this a few years ago, like 10 years ago, I started talking about it even more than that. People didn't quite grasp what I was saying, but now we live under a closed heaven, and it's important that we understand some things. Now, I'm going to unpack this for you. Maybe you've heard me talk about this, so I talk about it over and over. I want you to get it in your spirit and your lifestyle. When the woman caught an adultery, in John chapter 8, was brought to Jesus. He saw that they condemned her, and the judgment of her sin was keeping her from her destiny of true love. Now, here's what Jesus said. Woman, 
Where are they? And this is after he told them to go away because he said, those without sin cast the first stone. Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. See, Jesus had to break judgments over her before she could actually receive those words, go and sin no more. He had to get away from the people who were saying it with their mouths. They were judging her with their speech. And so this is the same right now. Let the one without sin cast the first stone, indicating that we have things in our own lives that will actually cause us to come under judgment if we're not careful. Listen, note that Jesus was willing to overlook the law of Moses to set her free. In that time, a woman caught in adultery should have been stoned to death. He was willing to break that law to go after that woman. And he had to do it by changing the spiritual atmosphere over her by getting rid of the negative voices. So now, for us, this will open the heavens over you. You know, judgments hold us down. Jesus just showed us right there. But mercy and grace and forgiveness frees us up. Luke 6, 37 through 42. Let me just read this. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use will be measured to you. Now, Jesus spoke this, and we hear this quite a bit at the offerings in churches, which is good. It is a spiritual principle, but it wasn't actually being spoken specifically for money. It will work for money because it works for anything, uh, uh, the Bible principles. But listen, it was being spoken about judgments. And this is what's very important. Uh, Fast forward to verse 41. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank or the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, Jesus said. Take the plank out of your eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, this is really important because we have a lot of people trying to remove specks out of other people's eyes, but they have log jams themselves, if you know what I'm saying. I could go into places because I'm a I'm a prophet. I know I have a very high discernment. So I go into a place to speak and I can feel it when they have log jams. I can feel when people are might be judging. I don't know what they're judging, but they're judging. And that actually then stops that flow from heaven, even financially. They don't get the press down, shaken together, running over into their lap when they give financially. If that's you, if you're giving and not receiving back, there's a good chance you might need to do some repentance in this area. Wow, this is so good. It's so powerful. It set me free. Remember the greatest commandment out of all the Bible verses people focus on? We tend not to focus on one that Jesus says was the greatest. You know, it was Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, because they asked him, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So the greatest thing we can ever do is to love God, love others, and love ourselves. We have to do all three of those. So God is love, First John 4, 8, right? If God is love, we need to be about love too. If Jesus says we need to forgive and don't judge, we need to focus on those things. This, folks, 
is what's going to change our lives forever. We need to understand who God really is and how we treat other people reflects God in us. And how you act behind the wheel of your car is the biggest test. I kid you not. This also applies how you act online. These are the things. You must develop the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. If you want to go on this negative fast, you need to think about these things. You need to get down the fruit of the Spirit. So you can't really have a relationship with God without it positively affecting your daily life and your character. You know what I mean? Steps to changing the spiritual atmosphere around you. Now listen. Here's what people ask me. They ask me, how do I do this? I want to do the negative talk and fast, but I don't know how. All right, here you go. You know, start blessing others and stop grumbling. This radically changed my life. Back in 2004, this was the revelation that God gave me after a face-to-face encounter with an angel in the middle of the night. Was This golden angel was whispering in my ear. And I don't remember what it said, but I knew it was, an, it was a real thing. And, um, and shortly later I started getting this revelation and the Lord told me your life will radically change when you stop grumbling and complaining and start blessing. And sure enough, I did everything changed for me. This, my friends is when people ask me, how do I hear God clearly? Like for the daily prophetic words and the monthly word and things like that. And this is where it started. I began to open the heavens by not complaining. And people tend to complain as a way of handling stress or blowing off steam, but it can be harmful. And I myself, listen, I have to put a muzzle on my mouth. I pray, you know, on a regular basis, I ask God to put a muzzle on my mouth so that I don't fall into idle talk that could actually harm someone else or myself. The spiritual principle applies to nearly every area of our life. You know, let's say that you sow judgments, you reap close to heaven. Hey, if you know what? If you start sowing blessings, that's why I want to go on this negative thought and talk fast so that we can shift things because it's a Galatians 6-7 principle. It really is. Also, what you want to do is not just step away from negativity and keep your mouth shut. That's not going to really change the world around you. You need to replace that with joy. You need to replace it with Grace, having having grace is cutting slack for people instead of cutting them off or cutting them down or having patience and having understanding and slowing down. Gratitude is another thing. It's being thankful for everything. Blessings and not cursings, paying it forward on a regular basis, you know, tipping good, all those types of things. Gratitude, being grateful to the Lord instead of complaining. Generosity is another one. That it's not just giving money, it's giving time, energy, resources. You combine all these things with love, wow, that's when it's very powerful. But you can also turn your complaints to compliments. I had to do this because I complained. You know, we don't have to not complain. This is Matthew 7, 12, and 13 through the Message Bible. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you then grab that initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the prophets, and this is what you will get. Wow. Do unto others, actually, that you want to do to you is basically that. So begin to bless people, limit your complaints, and if you do complain, which is okay, then what I do, I try to release two to three compliments somewhere else so that I offset this 
because it can start building up on you. I'm serious that we do have spiritual bank accounts. Our sin's not listed there unless it's unrepented. That's another place. But I'm just saying that there's a time right now that you can do this because of the Internet. I use Yelp. I use TripAdvisor or I go talk to managers or whatever to bring out the good things. If I do leave a complaint, I make sure that I'm leaving more compliments out there as well. And that begins to open the heavens over you. Make a decision now to do good and positive things for yourself, for others, and those around you. Now you're going to see it change. And we need to do this. This is the most important thing when we're talking about stepping away from negativity. Don't watch negative talk radio or listen to it or the negative things on the internet. Just do a fast from it. When you think of a negative thought, take it captive and renew it with something positive. Get some Bible verses that may help you. Also, listen, there's power and authority that comes onto your words. You will need to be careful what you say because your words carry spiritual life or spiritual death. They can build up or they can tear down, especially in the season we are now in. Jesus said this about the fig tree. You remember this? Most people miss this entire thing. In Matthew 21, 19 through 21, got to read this. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, like, wow, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and not doubt, not only can you do this, what was done to the fig tree, wither it, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. And now listen, Jesus said that our words can either uproot obstacles, that's throwing the mountain into the sea by faith, that's what we most focus on, or they can cause you or others to bear no fruit again and wither. He was showing this comparison. He did it with a prophetic act. He said, you can do this. You can wither things. Or you can say to this mountain, move. And this was a lesson that we miss on this. Boy, I never heard that on Sunday morning. I tell you, if you grab hold of this, you'll want to step away from withering words over yourself, over other people. And instead of, you know, bear fruit no more, you can say, be fruitful. I have to stop myself. In fact, my staff, my, you know, my family too, we now say it to each other, oh, withering word, withering words. When we're not recognizing it, we need people to help us on that. So we need to be careful on how we speak. We also need to reverse it and release the opposite, which is faith. And God showed me that this is the attitude and the condition of many people today. They've spoken over themselves over and over, and they've spoken over other people and it's caused their gifts and their spiritual fruit to dry up. Now, God's giving us an opportunity to reverse this, and we didn't recognize the areas of our lives as well as others that once flourished but are not, that are now withering. We can now speak over those with prayers like, be fruitful and wither no more. And I speak that over you right now. Be fruitful. Lord, we release this over all of us, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I've got some questions that people ask me, and that's what really prompted this podcast, because I've been talking about negative talk and thought fast for a long time. Now we're in the middle of one, but 
people ask me these things and may ask them on the webcasts and things like that. And these are some of them that I may not have gotten to, or they were good because my team says, you need to uh, answer these questions. A woman asked this, what about if I talk about a painful situation by venting my feelings regarding the wrongful decisions or actions of another person? Is that complaining or judging? Well, got to be careful that it doesn't cross into that. Yes, venting and talking about it, it's healthy in one way, but we have to be very careful. Listen, we're in a season right now that our words can wither or our words can be can bring life. So what I do right now, if I feel wronged and I talk about it with someone else, then I stop and I pray for him. And I say, Lord, bless that person. Bless those who curse you is what Jesus said. If you're doing it, then be sure to flip that around at the end and bless the person or find a way to bless him. Here's another question. Any tips for those of us who were raised extremely logical thinkers and have a tendency to judge? Do I change the way I think? Well, let me say this. You really have to be careful that you don't fall into judgments because just because you were raised a certain way or have a certain personality doesn't mean that the biblical principles don't apply. There are ways for you to change the way you do things. Now, I didn't know this until I started studying it more. If you have a tendency to have the truth and you can't lie, you ever hear someone say that? Well, I told the truth, and you know, even if it hurt, wow, ouch, thank you. And they say, well, I can't lie. Well, that's the part that I talked about earlier. If you're telling the truth or you're seeing the truth, then you're not always seeing the will of God. What you might be seeing is the plan of the enemy for a person. And you might have a gift of discernment. Many people who have this have the gift of discerning of spirits. They don't know it. And so you're seeing the truth. And if two agree together, if you agree to the truth without just giving them a solution or encouragement, you're not helping them. You might say, you know, I can't lie, but what's happening in their life might be a lie. And you want to be able to say, let me tell you that I'm seeing this. It's, you know, like the truth. You can say it. But then you want to be sure to say, well, I want to encourage you to help you out of it or or give something else. You can't just stand there and say the truth without giving that blessing or shifting it around somehow. So yes, to answer the question, you do need to change the way you think, but also you need to change the way you speak mostly. It's not, not changing the way you think, changing the way you speak. Here's another question. How do I keep from being discouraged and complaining when I'm going through one of the worst times of my life? Well, wow, I'm really, first of all, I'm so sorry that you're going through bad times, and many people are today. I mean, my goodness, there's so much going on in the world, and uh, it's it still doesn't change God's love for us. So maybe it's judgments in our life that might be opening these things up, and I don't want to say that you, that you don't get feelings or anything like that, but I wanted to say this, don't come into agreement with the accuser of the brethren over you. Don't come into agreement with Satan over you. You know, you're going through a rough time. That's all the more time to speak these things over you. That's all the more time to now renew, renew yourself and step away if you can. I know it's not always easy when you're in the middle of it. Believe me, I've been there and suffered a lot of losses and a lot of deaths in my family, but it didn't change the fact that God's faith will activate you. Here's one. 
I don't know if I have anyone to talk to. Why is God allowing me to go through so much loneliness? I want to encourage you, first of all, uh, take some steps to break out of this because it's an attack of the enemy. God doesn't want you to be lonely. You all need to do something. You'll need to find friends. You need to do something. Join a club. Go to church. Do something to get out of your loneliness because that's a prison. The Lord is not wanting you to be lonely. He's wanting you to step out. So some people say, well, I can only talk to God. Well, you'll need to break out because the Bible says we're to agree together. It will be done. That's why he says don't give up meeting together. You'll want to come into agreement with those principles. And um, here's another one. It's hard to receive God's love because I feel like I'm not good enough. How can I see myself the way God sees me? Well, first of all, getting healed of those unloving demons. That's what those things are because you don't feel good enough. That could be low self-esteem and things like that. We need to come up against these things. And there's inner healing today, folks. And there's ministries out there. One of them that I recommend, it doesn't work necessarily for everybody, but it works for most people. It's called Sozo, S-O-Z-O. It's an inner healing time. And it's around, actually around the globe, but you can actually Google that with Reading Church in Bethel. They do it online. They'll do it over Skype. And you can talk to someone. They'll walk you through getting some personal healing. It's a new wineskin. This, listen, Sozo is a new wineskin for inner healing and deliverance. It's something new right now. And I just had a, a podcast. You can check out my podcast with Donna De Silva from Sozo. She was one of the founders, the co-founders. And you can listen to what she's talking about, how to shift the spiritual atmosphere so you don't come into agreement with what the enemy's trying to do in your life right now. Here's another question. Why isn't God doing anything to help his children? Can he help? Will he help? I'm losing hope. I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to because God is indeed at work right now. He is helping us or we'd be in worse shape than you'd think. And you'll need to walk through a process of getting that emotional and spiritual healing. You'll need to walk through this time of renewing your mind and also realize that just because, you know, things are looking bad, doesn't mean that that's the reality of things. And so I hear this all the time, and I want to encourage people to to take some steps. Don't stay isolated. And uh, here's another one, and I'll close with this one. My prayers aren't being answered, and I'm ready to quit. Why bother? You know, this is for everybody out there. Do not disconnect from the vine. John 15, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches We need to stay connected to him by prayer, through prayer. You'll want to stay connected with the Lord. It's so important. You know, there's reasons for unanswered prayer sometimes, judgments against others, unforgiveness, there's things like that. But do not quit, folks. I want to tell you, God's about to move. We're going to see a revival, and the revival has to start in us first. We're not talking about these big meetings, revival meetings like you might think. It starts here first starts with you first. And so I want to release this over you. The ability to love, the healing that you need, the father of love, the father of lights come to you and make himself real to you. I release over you the ability to step up and rise above your situation like Jesus did. He walked on the water in the storm. And another time the storm hit that tried to kill him, he slept in the belly of the boat. I tell you, he loves you. He is for you. 
Lord, I pray now, as we come into agreement together, the entire world praying and fasting, fasting from negativity or fasting from however the Lord shows you, that we want to shift the spiritual atmosphere of judgments over California that's going to change the world and also over ourselves. Remember, we have to start there first. So, Lord, bring it now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, God bless you. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.